Hey leaders, before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a free event that I'm hosting, your personal leadership audit live workshop. I've put the workshop together because if you want to stand out as an exceptional leader, you have to know yourself inside and out. Understanding your strengths and weaknesses is critical. And for that, you need a high degree of self-awareness and a commitment to self-reflection. Now, if you're committed to unlocking your leadership potential, then working through a self-assessment like this is going to help you to quickly identify a path to higher impact. I'll be leading you through a deep dive into the seven imperatives of my No Bullshit Leadership Framework, so that by the end of the session, you'll know exactly what areas you need to develop if you really want to stand out from the crowd. We're only opening up 150 spots, so register now at yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. That's yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more, access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 106 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, live mentoring session number four, Enabling Your People. Way back in April, I had a live mentoring session with a fantastic young leader named Kate. Now, Kate works in a captive financial company of a leading global manufacturer. In other words, her company is a subsidiary that provides financing solutions to the parent company's customers. Sounds complicated, I know, but it's sort of like when you go and buy a car at BMW, 
the salesman can walk you across the other side of the showroom to their finance department who will organise a leasing package for you. That's sort of the way it is for Kate, although she doesn't work for BMW. Now, in this session, we covered a hell of a lot of ground, so I actually found it really difficult to select the most valuable piece. We spoke about how to manage Kate's team in what was then a very new environment of dealing with coronavirus restrictions. We talked through some of the considerations that needed to be made for distressed customers and how to know which customers to support and which ones to cut loose. We explored when the right time might be to adopt a more directive approach with team members. And we covered the value of an MBA and how education fits into your overall leadership repertoire. But the piece I like best and the extract of the conversation I've selected for our live mentoring session today is the part about enabling people. We went into some detail about what the key things are to focus your leadership attention on each day. And of course, we invariably came back to people's performance. We got a fair way into how to enable people to perform without over-functioning for them. Now, it's really simple conceptually, but whenever we're dealing with issues that affect people's lives, they are tough to execute on. I really appreciate Kate's openness in allowing us to share this session, and I know you'll all get a lot out of it. So over to you, Kate. So here's a bit of a a curly one, maybe. If, If I tried to focus on three things each day, what should those three things, like what, you know, if I had three things where I go, make sure you, you focus on these, what type of things should they be knowing that, you know, I, I actually, I'm very career driven and I, and I want to, you know, get as far as I can in my career. Right. So what should, what, what should you focus on each day? What, um, what three things, yeah. 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 I don't know. I might come up with two or four. I might come up with six or seven, but um but for everyone it's different so it depends on it depends on where you are in terms of your own capability and what you're trying to either improve or work on so there'll be those types of things that are specific and unique to you um what i would say though is that if i was going to focus on uh only a few things Mm -hmm. here's what i'd do the number one thing is make sure that all of your people are working on the right things all the time So, so don't let all this work creep in that just doesn't create any value. So the very first thing is go back to your value, work out mm-hmm. what the biggest value levers are that you can pull in your environment and get after those really hard and stop all the other shit, right? Now that, that can be a full-time job. And the mm-hmm. reason that can be a full-time job is because, you know, stamping out non-valuating activity is like playing whack-a-mole. You know, you know that game whack-a-mole where they pop up out of the thing and you try and hit it before it drops down again. It's like that. Um, you're just running around getting exhausted and, and not managing to necessarily corral all of that work. So the very first thing is define really clearly what value is and try and stop everything else. Mm-hmm. The second thing is get close enough to your people that you know what they're doing, you know what their capability is like, and they've got no excuses in terms of lack of support. So, so supporting them um, not in a way that is uh, over-functioning for them. If you've got people yeah. that can cuddle every morning and you know, they break down if you don't give them two hours of, of your attention every day. That's not what I'm talking about. They're the wrong people, right? Or, sorry, they may be the wrong people. Um, but certainly being able to have that level of confidence in um, people know what, what's expected of them. They know how they're going. They know when they're doing a good job. And they don't feel as though there's a lot of roadblocks to that. So they don't have to wait for... 
um, you know, uh, for a, an extreme period of time for inputs from another team. Um, they don't have to wait for you to make your mind up about stuff. Uh, they don't have to go through uh, irrational or inefficient processes to get their jobs done. So it's about that freeing up of your people's um, headspace so they can then focus on those things you've already identified as being great value. Mm -hmm. so, so I'd say focus on the value, focus on the people, and then understand what's required above you to make that all come together. So make sure you understand the strategy, make sure you can communicate it, make sure that you can translate it and interpret that strategy into what it means for your team. Uh, one of the most difficult things to do in any large organization is to uh, articulate the connections between the corporate strategy and then what your people do day to day. It's, mm -hmm. it's sometimes really, really hard to connect. In fact, the two seem like they're from completely different organizations. So understanding well enough what that high order stuff is, mm. why are we here, who do we serve, what's our strategy, how do we compete, and then being able to translate that for your people so they can do something with it. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of just the very general broad brushstrokes area. You know, there's all the stuff that you know about around accountability, making sure you've got one head to pat and one ass to kick so that you can hold people to account. Um, the, the making sure that people are appropriately included in decisions that, that, um, that they can contribute to effectively uh, without giving that up for um, decision-making by consensus, which is always a horrible thing. Um, you know, staying in your lane. So as we said before, not diving in and doing your people's work, letting them do it, but making sure that you can run the scoreboard and see mm -hmm. what their performance is like very easily without diving into their work. Um, that's really it. You know? you, you, you know this stuff, but it's about focusing on that each day when you've got so much that pops up yeah. that is detailed and urgent and requiring attention and focus. How do you get close enough to your people to know sort of what they're doing and what they're capable of without getting into the work? As in, you kind of, you don't want to get into the weeds. Yeah, so um, this takes a while to do. And uh, as we said before, every individual is different. So the first thing is to set them a task that you think is reasonable and see how they go. Okay. So for a lot of them, you'll know uh, roughly what to expect in terms of time frame and quality and so forth. Um, yeah. You won't have done every job that reports in below you, but you will have done enough to sort of be able to um, sort of glean that a little bit or intuit that. Uh, and so set them a task and see how they go. Just make sure it's set up well and really clearly. So uh, here's what we need delivered at this date, this time frame, this scope, etc. See how they go. Mm -hmm. And and if you if you're doing it with um, checkpoints along the way or milestones along the way, you actually get to see early enough that you can help them before it becomes catastrophic. And when you see at those early checkpoints how they're doing. That's super important because that's when you're going to give them um, guidance and direction about how to change what they're doing. And you get to see how they respond to that, which is the most important thing. So not everyone's going to think the same as you or approach problems the same as you. But if you can get them early on and say, okay, I can see where this is heading. Remember, this is the outcome we're looking for. And so perhaps you might want to consider these things at this stage, right? Because these will make it more. Um, more likely that you'll get that result. Mm 
So let's, let's think about those. And then you'll see what they do between that and the next milestone. And sometimes it's that they adapt really quickly. You give them direction, they go, right, Kate, I got that. I'm away, right? Leave me alone. I'll see you in a few weeks, bang. And they will just nail it. Others, they'll come back at the next milestone and you'll find that when you had the last conversation with them, you may as well have been talking to an empty chair. And that happens too. Mm -hmm. So this is how you get to know your people in terms of how they react to feedback, um, whether they have the intellectual capacity and the will to shift their thinking around stuff, and also what their capacity for work is. And you don't find that out until you start loading stuff on. So mm -hmm. most people, when they give you a target date or a deadline, they'll normally give you something that is in their heads relatively easy to achieve. They won't put mm -hmm. pressure on themselves unnecessarily because they don't want to feel bad if they miss out on meeting their expectations and your expectations, which once they've agreed with you, they feel as though they need to commit to, which is true. Mm -hmm. So they'll normally set something they could reach in a canter, you know, maybe 70, 70, 75% of their ability. They'll, um, They'll double it and add the number they first thought on, uh, th first thought of, so that it gives them a little bit more slack. And then they'll come to you and say, "Kate, this is how long it's going to take." Uh, some even after doing that, miss their deadlines. Mm. So, so it's really about being diligent about inspecting the outputs, and when things don't turn up the way they should, to ask the questions. So why? Mm -hmm. And just remember, um, when someone comes to you before a deadline is due and says, Kate, I've got a problem with this. Here's the, um, here's the things that have changed in my environment or here's a, an obstacle I wasn't expecting to hit and so forth. That's what we call adult behaviour and good management. But that gives you a chance to do something about it ahead of time. Uh -huh. When they come to you after they've missed a deadline or even worse, if you have to go to them and say, hey, how did you go with this deadline? And they say, oh, sorry, Kate, I missed it. Every word that comes out of their mouth after that should only be interpreted as the dog ate my homework. Yep. So, so coming ahead of the time, trying to anticipate, great management adult behaviour. After the fact, dog ate my homework, right? Couldn't care less what your excuse is. You either did it or you didn't. Mm. You've sort of got to, be that, got to be that harsh about the way you think about those things. And how do you deal with the dog ate the homework type people? Well, you sort of say, sounds like the dog ate your homework. So let's, well, I would anyway, it depends. You know, maybe you can't be as direct. If you've got good relationships with people, um, as, you, as you'll recall probably uh, me saying, if, if your people trust and respect you, there's nothing you can't say to them. Yeah. And yep. so it depends whether it's habitual or whether it's a one-off. Mm. So, um, so, you know, and you'll work out how to, how to do each of those, I'm sure. But the... Um, the most important thing is to have consequences mm. in place. Mm. Mm. Yep. So we're back at the whole, you know, challenge coach confront. If you're, if you're challenging and stretching your people, as we spoke about working out what their capacity is and, and making the workload appropriate for that, and you're coaching them on the way through to help them on those milestone meetings, not doing their job for them, but, you know, how are you going? What obstacles are you running into? You know, are you getting cooperation from this team over here that you're getting an input from? Like all those sorts of things then it's very rare you have to get to that confront stage. But when you do, they'll, they'll see it as being fair because you've done a good job in setting it up with them. Yeah. So that probably brings me on to another point in terms of uh, 
don't remember where it came from, but you mentioned, you know, spend 80% of your time with your top 20% of your people. What I'm finding is that a lot of these dog ate my homework type people, you have to spend so much more time with them. So it goes against that whole spending the most time with your high, those, you know, top 20% of people. How, How do you balance and manage that? So, so counterintuitive, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, so the, the thing is that most people feel as though it's their, um, their responsibility to make their team perform. It's not. As a leader, what you have to do is set up the environment so that people can do their jobs. And you've got to set it up the best mm-hmm. way you can. That, that has a whole bunch of stuff in there. So it's clarity of objectives, it's strong accountability, it's empowerment, support and resources. It's all those things that people need to do their job the best way they can and the best way you can enable them. Once you've got that in place, people choose every day how they behave and perform. They choose what they do when they come into the office or, or when they you know, get out of bed and trudge the you know, 10 metres to the home office. Um, they decide whether they're going to get up and have a shower and shave and wash their hair and put on a, you know, a, business, um, a business attire and you know, treat it properly or whether they're going to slouch around and just get out of their night pyjamas with their day pyjamas on, right? So um, it all comes to attitude. But um, really the people that are working for you have their accountability around that. And you can't make someone perform. So with everyone, they need the opportunity. They need the, the clarity, the, the, the clarity of objectives, the, the coaching, all that sort of stuff. Some people don't respond to it. Now, what most leaders do under those circumstances is they start flogging them. They flog the donkey, you know? It's, just remember, it's a lot easier to rein in a stadium than it is to flog a donkey, right? But they start flogging the donkey. You're not delivering, you're not performing. What's wrong? How can I help? What should I do? It's my problem. I'm the leader, it's my problem. And so they get in there and spend an inordinate amount of time trying to cajole, encourage, and coerce one of their people to do something they don't want to do, simply don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Very best thing you can do with the donkey who doesn't want to do stuff is to say, here's the standard performance I'm, I'm setting. Here's what we expect. Here's where you are down here. You've got to change that. You've got to change that because it's not going to be acceptable going forward. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you give them really, really clear feedback on the standard you're setting and the standard they're at, so first two points of our, of our little trio, what are your expectations of me? Well, there they are. How am I going against those expectations? Well, you know, you're sort of down there. Then the rest is going to be up to them. Mm-hmm. As long as you're leading them effectively. You know? so, so that's one way not to spend a lot of time with them. But typically, as soon as you step into a performance management cycle, then you have to spend a lot of time with the individual to give them, you know, the the appropriate opportunity and due process and everything else that that's just going to suck up time it is what it is but that only has to be you know one to three months maximum if you do it if you do it the right way it doesn't matter what organization you're in what your enterprise agreements say what the union environment's like who your owners are it doesn't matter one to three months max you can sort it all out um that's i I can't believe uh, how unbelievably worth it is worth it it is to go through that process uh, your your day and life is completely different when you switch out someone who's not doing their job and hire someone who wants to do it. 
the, the amount of fresh air, the weight off your shoulders, the amount of time that you get back just by having a competent and capable person you don't have to you know, ride and flog is you know, every time I've seen someone below me replace an individual like that, the very first thing they say to me is, oh, I can't believe how good it is now that I've got Christine. And I go, yeah, you could have done that 12 months ago, right? You know that. Such a hard one. Sorry? Such a hard one. That one is such a hard one, right? <laughs> like... Well, yes and no. Yes and no. It, it's, it's not that hard, right? The, the, the one big mental switch you have to make is feeling as though you've got to make them successful as opposed to giving them the accountability for what is their thing to do, right? Everyone makes their choices. They make their choices. How am I going to behave today? How am I going to perform? We all wake up every morning. I've got a bunch of choices starting with, do I still like my spouse? Sure. Let's go for another day. You tell me. <laughs> do I still like the house I'm living in? Sure. Do I still like the city I'm living in? Wow. Everything's great. I think I'll go to work now. So it's, you know, <laughs> we, we paint ourselves into a corner cake because we don't, allow ourselves the choices because they're either too hard or too disruptive to actually contemplate. So we feel as though we need to stay in a situation we're in, including keeping a non-performing employee in our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very true. Very, yeah. very, very true. So, yeah. So it's not, it's not hard conceptually, it's just hard to execute because you're dealing with people. Yeah, with yeah. People. People's yeah. lives, right? You can't you can't take those lightly, but don't overfunction for people in terms of taking on their choices about how they behave and perform as your own thing to fix. You can't change anyone. I hope you love this session as much as I did. Kate was one of our 2019 Leadership Beyond the Theory students, so it's brilliant to see her doing the work and taking her leadership career from strength to strength. If you want to work with Marty in a one-on-one -on -one mentoring capacity, shoot me an email at emma at yourceomentor.com. Now that the book manuscript is finished, hooray, we've finally got a little bit of mentoring client capacity for the next quarter. All right, so that brings us to the end of episode 106. I really hope you enjoyed that glimpse into Kate's world. She's a leader who works on the right things to get individual and team performance to where she knows they can be. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, at Your CEO Mentor, our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please do us a favour and share that in your leadership network so that we can get to even more leaders. I look forward to next week's episode, Resilience, Optimism and Hope. Until then, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader. <laughs>